It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 524 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is the return of Caleb Palmquist, and this time he's running a Kickstarter for Vampire Detective in Space Number 1, his new franchise. He updates us on all the other franchises he has going, and there's some very entertaining ones. And he also explores the characters and the inspiration for Vampire Detective in Space, which is a lot of fun to talk about. The Kickstarter is underway and doing well, and it could still use your help. So once you get done listening to this interview, be sure to go there on Kickstarter and support him. As always, we get into all sorts of comics discussion, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's always fun to talk with Caleb Palmquist, the creator of several good things, including a small favor, a modern mythology, a unicorn vampire hunter, and you have a new thing going on at Kickstarter, Vampire Detective in Space Number One. How's it going, Caleb? It's going great. How are you, Wayne? Good. It's good to talk with you. Now, important things we got to do right away. Uh, we want to make sure people know this project will... Uh, Complete by Saturday, February 26th at 9.59 a.m. Eastern Time. That's right. There's about, oh, as of the time of this airing, there's a little less than a week left. That's right. So the time is important to get in there and back this goods project because it's got a, let me read the description right here. I like this description. It says, the last vampire in the galaxy makes his living as a detective and he's about to face his most difficult case yet. I like that. It's a good way to describe it like that. So uh, apparently the, the vampire's name is James and the uh, the detective, the AI assistant is named Liz, which is interesting. I got a chance to read the, the very first issue, which you made uh, available to me. And that's interesting that it's called Liz. Yeah. So um Without going too heavy into spoiler territory, um, the the AI's name is very significant. Um, mm-hmm. It's not short for any. I mean, it is short for another longer name, but it's not. It's not like a. Um, uh, why is my brain not working? You know the thing where the letters stand for something else. Uh, my brain suddenly can't remember it either, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, um, AI, like a AI kind of thing, the description. So, yeah. But so Liz is a uh, character's AI. It's James's assistant and friend. And it's uh, her name. Is, her name is very important and significant. He named her that for a very specific reason, which is, um, not necessarily explicitly stated in the first issue, but, um, could be inferred. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So I, I'm just sort of curious as to your interest in vampires. Because <laughs> uh, the last time you and I talked, you had done Unicorn Vampire Slayer. Yes. So and I got a kick out of that. And then all of a sudden now we've gone to the other side and we've got Vampire Detective in Space. We've, instead of something going around killing vampires, we've got uh, the vampire as the main character. Uh, yeah. Just kind of for fairness, kind of something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the uh, the uh, Society for uh, Equal Representation of Vampires reached out to me, and so I'm legally obligated to tell a story from the other side. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, no, but I um, I had these characters that I wanted to tell a story about, and I um, had been writing about vampires, and so vampires were on my mind, and. Um, and I, and I just thought that it would be interesting to see 
a vampire in space um and 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 there's this vampire is very different from the vampires in unicorn vampire hunter because he is um he's operating in like a sci-fi sort of cyberpunk world mm-hmm. um and he's also a vegan um so okay. he doesn't kill humans Okay. I, I think we've got an answer to that. If I read my your Kickstarter correctly, there is a sticker, uh-huh. a three-inch die-cut vinyl sticker by Jonathan Fisher, and it's for a product spelled B-L-U-D. And I imagine that's pronounced blood, and it says, drink it up. Yep. So, yep. That's kind of, so I have a feeling that has something to do with uh, why he's a vegan. Yeah, so in the story, James um, is is a very old vampire. He's been around for a long time, and he but he doesn't believe in in killing humans. So he has actually created a lab on his spaceship that creates blood that is technically in the same as human blood. It is genetically identical to human blood but it's grown in a lab and no humans were harmed in the creation of it. Hmm. Okay, so we don't get that explanation in the first issue, do we? No, you see him drinking the blood mm-hmm. in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it, it's not that, you know, there's a lot to, um, I was trying not to do too much of an info dump in the first issue. It will become relevant later in the story because okay. he is the final vampire. He's, he, he believes himself to be the only vampire left in the entire galaxy. Vampires once were all over earth, but then um, something happens in the past where there's no more vampires and humans go out and populate the stars. And he thinks he's the only one left. He's living on a space station, right? He's living on a space station and he is solving crimes. That's how he makes a living. There's a wonderful, the AI is, well, he questions the AI who gets, uh, he gets interrupted in sleeping and he asks, why did you let this detective call me? And Uh she has a wonderful response, which I thought was great. Very, one of the great things about this is there's a lot of humor involved. And this is one of the first case where we run across this. Yeah, I don't know if you want to share this or we should let people read it and, and get that. Well, it's in that, that the scene you're talking about is actually in the preview on the Kickstarter. So I don't, I don't, uh, I, I'm, I'm fine with sharing it. She says okay. something along the lines of, um, we have to keep the lights on. Yeah. Because we're broke and the consulting fee will keep the lights on. That's exactly right. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, and, and, and one reviewer read this book and just thought that was so funny because of course, vampires don't need lights to see, um, uh, w- which is, uh, which is actually funny because that's when I wrote it, I wasn't thinking about that, but it ended up sort of adding an unintentional layer of humor to it. Um, and, um, I wanted to have this sort of really snarky relationship between these two. Um, well, he makes a funny response to that. Uh, and he says, you make a compelling point. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good reason to do this uh, kind of stuff, which I really liked. Right. So it, it's and, really and what, good. What, one of my big inspirations for this was actually the Dresden files. Oh, Good. Um, which is I've actually been listening to lately. I'm on book like six or seven or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which is narrated by James Marsters. He does a great job, but um, mm-hmm. on the audiobooks. But the idea of this detective who can kind of, because of his unique um, outlook on life and his unique set of skills, he can he can sort of solve crimes that that other people can't. But he's also like this like sort of hard boiled resistant grumpy detective who who kind of like doesn't really like to be bothered with other people Mm -hmm. um and uh you know he's he's a good guy but is uh you know it's kind of like okay i'll go solve a crime for the police but i'm not going to be happy about it (laughs) yeah it's kind of cranky yeah that's really good i love the dresden files i don't know if you ever saw there was a tv show on sci-fi 
I did. I saw the TV show years ago before I had ever read the books. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that it got canceled. Um, mm-hmm. One season. And, yeah, one season. And I like, uh, now that I've read a lot of the books, I'm like, man, I, 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 I feel like TV shows have come such a long way. It would be cool if they gave it another shot. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. I'm trying to remember exactly how many books there are in uh, Dresden Files. There's a lot. I know. I feel like I barely scratched the surface. Yeah, he's got, I think, 14, 15, maybe. I could be wrong on that. I don't have it right up in front of me. I don't take the time to look it up. But let me just say, if you haven't read the Dresden Files, I highly recommend it. It's a very smartly done uh, book and you're right the tv show died too soon and i would have loved to see more but that that's a good place to take inspiration from because that is a very successful series and it continues on i mean there was one i think a book just about a, a year back i think he and, took jim butcher took a break for a while mm-hmm. um while he was writing some other stuff and then um, he, he, he came back a few years ago and has been writing them since. And so, um, but I'm, I'm nowhere, I'm, I'm, I'm way behind. I, I still gotta, to listen to, I, I listen to them while I'm, I'm a big audiobook guy. So I, I listen to audiobooks while I'm working out. I listen to audiobooks while I'm cleaning the house or while I'm driving to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cruise through a lot of books that way. And what I've been, I think the last like five books in a row that I've listened to have been Dresden Files. So. I used to buy the hardcovers of those books, but then I got into just like what you did. I got into the uh, the, the audio books. Mm. He did yeah. all of them except for one. I think there was one that was done by the guy uh, who was the devil in uh, what TV show. He played the vo- he was the voice of the Riddler in Batman the animated series. Oh. I didn't. I, I should have looked this up. I didn't have this one, but it's um, anyway. It's a really good. He does that one time, and he actually sort of mimics the same voice, so yeah. it, it's very similar to it. And I like that. I was very happy to see that because uh, the, those books are so wonderful. But I, I like you. I like to listen to stuff, so I listen to it very much. And I, 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 I get the uh, uh, audible and I get the books that way because I really enjoy them. One of the interesting things that he does is he always puts, he's got two words in his title and they always have the same number of letters. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Cold days, white night, proven guilty. There was only one when he didn't do that. I mean, if I can spot that real quickly, even Battleground and Summer Night and Great Peril all have the same letter, number of letters. And Full Moon, Stormfront, they all have exactly the same number of letters, except for one when he's wow. making a significant change in, in the, the whole thing. I forget wow. the name of it. Top of my Boy, I, 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 I didn't know I was going to have to <laughs> bring out all the, the, the good stuff here on uh, the Dresden <laughs> Files. But... Uh, let me see if I can find it really quickly. Let's see if I can locate it. Even death masks has the same number of letters. Blood the, rights. I, yeah. Ghost story. They're all except there's one that is different. I, <laughs> I can quickly, quickly find it here. I don't want to uh, waste time looking for it. They're also, if you get a chance to, he has audio books for the short stories. He does what's called side jobs. Which are oh, shorter yeah. stories, and those are small stories. Uh, I, I have, to, I highly recommend those two. Just wonderful, wonderful. So, okay, here's the one that's different. It's called Changes. Oh, one, that's only one word. Okay. One word. That's series twelve. That's the twelfth book. And so that's maybe I can find out exactly how many there are in here while I'm looking here. Uh, just, just if you haven't read it, I, any of these books, I, I highly recommend it. It's just so well done, and I agree with you that the the audiobooks are are superbly done. He does all the various voices. Oh yeah, he's great at so, the voices. He does them really well. Anyway, so that, that's interesting. That, that tells explains to me a little bit about the inspiration, because one of the things that the you know the AI that you've got, Liz, it's interesting in the book. He has a a skull that has uh, that speaks 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in Dresden files, he's got a, the skull. I'm trying to remember his name, but yeah. Um, he, he, he does have that skull. And, and so this is, I, I don't think that, um, the character Liz, I, I, I created long before I had read the Dresden files, but I, but I can definitely see the similarity there. Yeah. Uh, and, well, I'll, and, yeah. I'll give you a little explanation on that. I've been reading on some of this stuff, obviously, but the reason why the skull is there is because when, uh, uh, Jim Butcher was studying writing and stuff, they told him the last thing you want to do is have a talking head. <laughs> and so he decided he was going to have a talking head and he created that character who did nothing but talk. Uh, yeah. He was a talking head. That's awesome. That's great stuff. So all, again, this is just part of the witticism of that. So yeah, that, that kind of helps with a little bit of that, uh, what the inspiration is for that. I, I didn't realize that in reading the book, but that's a good thing. So that's kind of fun. So I'm just sort of interested though, about the, uh, uh, the vampire in space, we don't see that too often. Usually vampires are pretty much limited to earth. Was there a particular reason why you wanted to go into space with this character? Um, well, this character is based on an earlier character from a book that I wrote called a small favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that story took place largely in space, mm-hmm. but it's also about someone who lived for a really long time thousand years and i thought as i was writing this news story i was like if somebody's been alive for a thousand years like one really obvious explanation for that would be that they would be a vampire and then as i started thinking about it, i was like what are the implications of a vampire being in space like how does sunlight work how does um how you know like any of the the normal things that apply to vampires, how do, how do they work once they're out in space? Could a vampire breathe in space? Could a, you know, um, how does a day night cycle work and all these sorts of things. And so that was uh, something that I thought was very interesting. And I also really wanted to write a murder mystery. And I was like, man, you know, a, what if we're on this space station where no one knows what a vampire is, or if they do know what a vampire is, they think it's like a myth, like an urban legend. Um, Mm. And, um, and then there's a murder on the space station and it was committed by a vampire. And we, as the readers know that obviously it was a vampire, Mm. but the people in the story might not necessarily know that it was a vampire. And so, um, but, but, if the person solving the mystery is a vampire who thought he was the only vampire left in the galaxy, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Cause it's like changing his whole worldview about what he thought has happened in the past and, 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 and who lives in this world and all that kind of stuff. And so I just thought there was like a lot of potentially interesting story to explore there. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of, that's basically where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Well, having read the book, I know what I would like the solution to be. <laughs> Let's just say. More than that, I'm not going to say. But there's a, a, a way I would like for this to go, but we'll see whether that's the way it actually goes or not. But uh, uh, there's, one of the things I'm really interested in is you take a very different tack on some levels of what the vampire looks like. And that includes the eyes. Is that is that the artist's inspiration, or was that something you wanted? So, are you talking about the color of the eyes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that is was sort of a uh, a bit of a collaboration between me and the artist. I, I think that the yellow eyes is something that is um, is a characteristic of the vampires in. Uh, unicorn vampire hunter um, mm-hmm. that their eyes turn yellow when mm-hmm. they are like getting hungry um, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and so these aren't, they, they're two different story worlds. And so the, the vampires didn't have to function the same way, but mm-hmm. that was something that I had written in the script that he had yellow eyes, because I think that it's like a very identifying feature Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he also has like pale skin, like this mm-hmm. sort of gray skin, but, um, the fact that he's got the yellow eyes was, was a, um, 
in in the other story that I write, they they get the yellow eyes when they're like feeding, but he has mm. them all the time. And I think it's mm. just sort of, but it's, to me, it was also something where like, he's on a space station that has all sorts of different aliens on it. And so he doesn't really have to hide his physical characteristics of being a vampire because the people on the space station don't really know what vampires are. They wouldn't be scared of them. Um, and there's so many different aliens and people that look so weird that he doesn't look weirder than anybody else. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Very good. It's really interesting. And of course, there's an interesting twist about halfway through that I would never spoil, <laughs> but it's something different than most stories like this go. Um, let's just say, <laughs> usually when there's a relationship involved, it goes a specific way. Mm -hmm. Most of these stories, you don't go that route, which I yeah. like. I go a different way with it. And um, <laughs> it's funny. I feel like every time I, every time I come on your show and talk to you, you're, you're just trying to dance around spoilers. And yeah. I always have these, these big twists going on. Mm -hmm. um, I thought here's a, I mean, at, at the center of this book, there's a love story and it's, it's not your stereotypical love story. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's different than a standard love story and I, but it's, it's also a tragedy. And I think if you've read my work before, you know that my work is just like striped through with tragedy. Like mm -hmm. tragedy is all over the place in the works that I write because tragedy creates bonds between people. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, this, this is a story about, the relationship between two people. And it's a, it's, it's, it is a story ultimately about a relationship between two people that went bad. Um, and as the series goes on, the theme of the story is how do we remember people and is the memory that we have of them real to who they were or is it a image that we created in our head did we create a fictional person hmm. in place of the actual person hmm. interesting um, and so you know without trying to sound like i'm an armchair psychologist here hmm. um i wanted to what the emotional core of the story to me is the images that we build of people because hmm. You hear this all the time in people's relationship. It's like, oh, well, you're not the person I thought you were. And the other mm -hmm. person says, well, I was never that person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you just you just created this version of me that you wanted me to be. And then you were disappointed when I didn't live up to the fantasy that you made. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because I had a person I thought was my best friend. And suddenly one day he just turned to me and says, ah, you know what? We never really were good friends. Goodbye. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, that is the strangest thing because, you know, I, you know, we were friends and, you know, and, uh, but I, I did notice that we hadn't seen each other or talked to each other in years. And finally, one day on, on Facebook, he just said, that's it, you know, well, goodbye. We never were friends anyway. And okay. I was like, and I thought, you know, maybe you were talking about what we impose on people. And I thought back and I thought maybe it was the fact that I he let me think that he was a certain way that I thought he was. And it really wasn't that way. Yeah. Yeah. We were friends and everything like that. And that was pretty much it. And I just kind of, you know, I, when that happened to me, it took me a lot of <laughs> examining this very issue is, you know, did I, you know, impose things on him that he really wasn't, you know, as a friend, you know, I, you know, so it's really kind of this, it's going to be a story. I'm going to be interested to see how it turn, all turns out because that's that was something, you know, when you, when you think somebody's your friend and it turns out they're not, you know, after all this time, you you have to think about how you I, – I approach friendships differently now. Oh, yeah. I do For not sure. – I do not try to I, – I, I try to let that person be who they are and not sit there and try to impose them. So this is going to be real interesting to see. I'm going to have a real personal – <laughs> stake in the story. Uh, uh, it's yeah, funny. That's, vampires. 
That's great. Yeah, no, it is. I think one thing that I one thing that I sometimes say to people is that, you know, I, I have these funny titles. I have, you know, Unicorn Vampire Hunter, Vampire Detective in Space. And I think that if you come into my books expecting a really high concept, super goofy, uh, you know, Cartoon Network book, mm-hmm. you're going to be disappointed because... I I have these high concepts like a unicorn that kills vampires, but that book is all about rediscovering family. Um, and this new book is all about like examining the the way that we view our loved ones and the images that we create of them. And and they're like these stories are are like character studies in their, in their, in their stories about relationships. And I, you know, I think like there's another world where I'm just telling, you know, stories that are, that are like modern fictions that are just about regular people and they have these same plots. But, but, but to me, that's not as fun. I, I, I mean, I want to tell a story that takes place on a space station about a, a vampire and his snarky robot friend, but I also want it to be a like deep, um, examination of my own experiences with relationships and grief and loss. Hmm. Grounded, in other words. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which sounds silly. I mean, it, it, I, I, I almost am like, I want to give myself a wedgie for everything I just said because, <laughs> because it's like, oh, you know, like this goofy story is actually really like this deep character st- study or what, whatever. And I, you know. It, but I mean, that's, you know, to me, those are the stories that, that stick with you. And I'm trying my best to write stories that will stick with people. Well, it's, it's interesting because science fiction, that's very much uh, a staple of science fiction is to have, uh, uh, let's say, you know, <laughs> uh, space opera stuff. But it, real life things go on in amongst the people involved you know and, and it's it's one of the things i always enjoy about science fiction in particular and it's not necessarily only science fiction but science fiction to me is the most noticeable is when people you know it doesn't go the way you expect let's just say i i always right. love that that's yeah. something very important to me now one of the things i got a kick out of was that you kind of went uh, other ways with other things too uh, I loved when the, the the guns shoot. They don't make Star Wars sounds. I was grateful to see. <laughs> they didn't go pew 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 as they people always say Star Wars. Instead, they go shoom shoom shoom. In other words, they've got a lot more power to them. Which I got to pick up. Yeah, that and that's all. That's all, uh, Dave Lentz. That's the letterer um, who letters all my projects. And it is funny because. I've been working with Dave now for years. And so when I, when I brought Dave Swartz on, who's the artist, um, you know, like Dave Lentz, oh, in conversation with me refers to himself as like the original Dave, um, because, because we've got two Daves on the book, but, but yeah, Dave, Dave Lentz is an absolute talent and the, the lettering and the sound effects that he does, um, for that kind of thing are, are just really next level. He really, he really disappears into the role of the letterer. And, uh, and I'm like, uh, very fortunate to be working with him. He's, uh, he does a great job with that stuff. Now, you know, it's one thing about vampires, of course, that I, I'm being in space is a good place for a vampire because you don't get sunlight very it's often. True. It's true. And on a space station, you can really, you can really uh, protect yourself, uh, you know, find places away from, from starlight. And he, uh, the main character, James, also has a, a, a suit that he wears that is sort of like a transformer suit. Uh, depending on what he needs, it becomes, uh, um, it covers more of his body and it has a, uh, a force field on it. And this isn't explicitly explained. In, in issue two, it gets more into it a little bit, but he's, he has he has like a, a, a an exosuit basically that can go from being like a business suit into being like a sort of mech suit that would be like a space suit and it has like a, a shield which shields him from 
UV radiation. Well, that's good for a vampire. Absolutely, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, how does he get on the station? Is there a reason why he's on that particular station? Um, he's on that station because it's a big metropolis. It's like a it's like a big hub. Um, he likes to be around people, and he also works as a detective, so he needs to be somewhere where there's a lot of crime. Um, and uh, in if, when you read the story, you'll find that Earth isn't really a place that anybody wants to be anymore. Um, and so he could, you know, there's a lot of places he could go, but this, this space station is really kind of like this huge city where you can really blend into the crowd. Mm -hmm. I got a big kick out of that suit when he's what, let's just say that he's trying to go somewhere and he's, as he's trying to do that, the, the shading of the, he's got a hood on and Uh the shading of the hood Sometimes you get he, he really makes good use out of those yellow eyes, shall we say? Oh yeah, and I really like that because, in a way, that's eminently spooky to see the yellow eyes because that always makes me feel like alien when I yeah. see yellow eyes like that. So I really thought, as far as the art goes, when when we see the hood on his head and the yellow eyes are <laughs> like glowing out of the darkness under the hood. That to me was really kind of spooky. I thought that was a great bit of art on that was to do that. He doesn't, it isn't always there, but it's only there in certain circumstances. Yeah. Um, So Dave, Dave Swartz is just really excellent at setting the tone there and, and, and creating that. And there's definitely scenes in this that are sort of spookier than others. Um, And, uh, yeah, he he just he does a great job with that. He's got a really great sense of the characters and the movement and the and the tone of the characters for sure. Mm-hmm. It was great. Now he gets called out to do something by a detective, right? And she's got her hairstyle kind of <laughs> makes me think of the way that people today wear their hair. Uh, oh, for actually, sure. And it's in the future. Is this is in the future out in space? Humans still wear silly hairstyles sometimes, which I got a huge kick up. She's got like hair that hangs over the one side of her head and not the other. And it's purple, purple to magenta at one point, which I got oh, a yeah. huge kick out of. And I, and I think that it's, uh, that's also like she, this character 100% is inspired by the Dresden files. I mean, in, in Dresden files, the main character works with a detective named detective Murphy. Who's like a tough right. as nails female cop and this this character is like definitely modeled after her um and like doesn't not visually modeled after her but in terms of like her attitude and 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 stuff like that and and she also has like she has this this purple hairstyle which i think really on this space station it's like you can't look too weird because there's all these crazy aliens walking around in in the second issue there's like this um this streetwise uh, um, orphan kid um, who's like a squid alien um, that, that that James goes to for some information and like and um, and so to me it was like you know she's gonna be bold um, but it's also not um, if anything the boldest part about her is that she's not really wearing the same uniform that the other cops are because she's a detective and you know she kind of wears what she wants to um is she human she is human yeah okay interesting okay so so there are a certain number of humans out in this part of the galaxy there are there are um there are humans and aliens and 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 all sorts of things in between now i wanted to talk about the ai's here too Mm -hmm. she's kind of got like fiery light here so that's to make us think that she's mechanical there is actually a specific story reason um, that she looks like she's on fire. Now, in the in a small favor, which is sort of the this book is the spiritual successor to. There was a character that was also a AI that did not look like she was on fire. She was also like a floating head, but this version has kind of that like Hades from the animated Hercules movie hair. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like a flame going up and 
there is a very specific reason for that. And it has to do in the flashback in the, in, in one of the uh, uh, flashback sequences in the first issue, um, there is a very specific thing that is the inspiration for her fiery hair. And mm. it's not explicitly pointed out, but as um, by the end of the story arc that I'm telling, it will be explicitly called out the connection that this character has to the story and why she looks the way she does and why her name is what it is. And I'm sure you having read the first issue, you can put the pieces together on that one. Okay. Uh, um, more than that, we won't say more than that. We won't say, but there is everything about the AI's design and name is very intentional. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, I, 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 like I said, the, there's a midway point surprise, but the end is kind of a nice surprise too. I had to stop and think about it for a couple minutes. So wait a second. Okay. If he says this, what does that mean as far as something else? And so I, I really like that. Now, something I've got to ask, how many books are going to be in this initial story? There are four issues. And I've already four written them. Um, and it is very intentionally a self-contained story. I, the, obviously I, there's a whole world here and, uh, and characters and I have ideas for more stories, but like the Dresden files, this case will be solved in four issues. Hmm. Okay. And, and, and I'm writing it in such a way that if that's all there is, it will be a satisfying conclusion. If there is, if it feels like, there's an audience for more stories and I would do more cases like the Dresden files. Each case would be its own, you know, arc. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Cause uh, the differences are, is that you, they're out in space as opposed to being in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the Dresden file stuff, but it's, it's good to have some differences as well, but inspiration is in there. And, and you know, when I, as soon as I knew this was a Jim Butcher inspired type thing, I said, oh, okay, that explains a little bit here and there as to why yeah. things were that way. So that's cool. Uh, Mr. Butcher would probably be flattered to know that because that's <laughs> a really good stuff because he has been writing and he writes other books besides just the, the uh, oh, yeah. Dresden Files. But uh, oh, those are the ones that I only read. I don't read the other ones. I, 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 haven't, been, I haven't caught up on I, those. But. My, my girlfriend has read uh, some of his other works and she said she liked them, but that, you know, she said that I shouldn't read them until I've read all the Dresden files. Cause she's like, the Dresden files is the best. She's like, she's the reason that I'm reading them. Cause she was like <laughs> such a huge fan. And, and, you know, she's like, you know, if, if you, if you read all of them and you still want to read more by this author, there's other stuff he's written, but he's like that the Dresden files is really where it's at. Well, I, that's kind of the way I am. As long as he's doing Dresden files, I'm not going to look at the other stuff. Because the Dresden files are so satisfying. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's actually something that's really interesting. I think a lot of there's a lot of writers who have like one series that like I'm like I'm going to read this, and the other stuff is interesting, but I'm not necessarily going to read it. I'm here for that, and I think that it's possible that I might run up against a little bit. Obviously, I don't have anywhere near the like fan base or readership that some of these guys have, but the 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 idea that I've I've, I've already gotten the the feeling that some people are going to come back for unicorn vampire hunter over and over. And it's like, they're going to see that I've written other stuff and they're going to be like, that's cool, but I'm, I'm in it for the unicorn vampire hunter. And, um, and so that's, that's interesting. Um, and, and of course, you know, I only want people to read stuff that they're interested in. Um, but, uh, it, it's been interesting to see, cause I definitely see that there's, portion of my audience that always comes back for unicorn vampire hunter and when i went and did modern mythology they didn't follow me there and when i went and did this book they didn't follow me here now some people have some i have some people who are supporting me which is awesome who support all of my stuff um but uh but but people have their preferences for the kind of story they want to read you know okay you know the comic solution to that what's that a crossover, a cr crossover, right, right, right. You gotta a have crossover that. vampire. Somehow the the unicorn vampire hunter gets flung into a different universe, where let's just say James from the, the the vampire detective in space is there, and the two of them, of course, have to work together, even though they're at odds. You know, right. that's that's the way comics do those kinds of things. And I don't know if you ever think about doing something like that, but that could be interesting because there's a lot of conflict. <laughs> 
there, that would go on yeah, between these. I, I think I think that might be interesting. One thing, actually, one thing that I've considered doing, and this is like um, this is uh, is sort of off the wall, but I've considered doing like what if issues, mm. um, where it's like because so many people have walked up to me at shows and been like, but what if it was actually a unicorn that was a vampire, and then they were taken down, and I'm like. <laughs> And I actually thought about that and I was like, you know, it might be fun to do a little one-off, like one-shot issue that was about that. <laughs> uh, and um, and so so at some point that might be a fun thing to do. But but I also definitely respect that everyone's got, you know, certain types of stories that they want to read and and that's what they're going to be into. And uh, and so, you know. Um, when it comes to comics, though, crossovers are big deals because we get to see both characters in a different situation or interacting with a different character than they normally do. And so a lot of people, I mean, I'm big on crossovers. I love, that's why I think of it. Uh, to me, a crossover is great fun because I get to see the two of them doing something that we don't normally get to see them do. And that's interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that... Uh... I think that there's definitely some potential there. I, I would not be, I would not be opposed to doing that. Okay. Well, it's something to consider anyway. Uh, long way. And, you know, honestly, crossovers have, t- have, have segued me into other books that I didn't normally buy. So okay. it's this kind of a thing. If I, I'm a, I'm a big Batman fan uh-huh. and every once in a while, he's teamed up with somebody that I don't, I haven't read stuff about. Like he's, he's, uh, uh, doing one, I can't remember the name of the series, but he's, he's teamed up with somebody right now. And right now, DC is doing Batman out the wazoo. I mean, he's just, he's like every other book is a Batman book. And he's getting teamed up with different people and stuff like that. And that's good for me because there's sometimes he's he's with, like I said, this one uh, Bill Williams series that I didn't read very much. Uh, can't remember the name of the character, but I, I'm interested in that now because I've read this crossover with those oh, two. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I might have to go and look into that and see what that's about. Because that's honestly, that's what the, one of the great selling points of crossovers are. It's like when they had Avengers and Justice League teamed up, you know, cross. Oh, right. Yeah. That was just like, for me, that was like heavenly. I just, I wanted <laughs> that so bad. And when I got to, I, I still have a, uh, a slipcover version of that that I haven't opened because I want to keep it in the best condition. But, there were some things in that book that were really interesting. They compared Captain America to Batman. And uh-huh. there was there were so many interesting things. Captain America had a, a, a partner who apparently died. Uh, Batman had a, par- a partner who apparently died. And they went on an, a whole bunch of different comparisons that I, I didn't put together. And I was reading that going like, I didn't realize they had so much in common. <laughs> so stuff like that is really interesting. It's, and Kurt, Kurt Busiek always admire for his ability to find those things that to me was just something that i I hold up to people if you want to see the ultimate crossover this was one of them just a great great thing so but yeah i I could see you turning that into a really great story and something really interesting for sure yeah no i think uh i think i have seen um even on kickstarter there have been uh creators um, who have crossed over their different IPs together and done crossover issues on Kickstarter and had some success doing that, especially, you know, if you have characters that are, that are really kind of similar, um, or, or are in similar storytelling styles or similar genres. And then, and they have crossovers, um, like there was, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're doing, it's a great idea to consider it and, you know, someday the inspiration may hit you. For sure. to what yeah. to do, which is good stuff. Now, again, we need to say this is going to, as we're talking, we're talking a little early, and your goal is $6,000. You already have 269 backers. Wow. Congrats on that. We, we, you're staring down the $6,000 goal, so I'm hopeful by the time this post, you'll have gotten there and you get the nice stretch goals. That's good. For sure, yeah. So all kinds of good things going on. And uh, do you want to give us an update on your other franchises and what's going on with them? Oh sure. Well, so this book is funding for issue number one, and we are Dave Swartz is drawing issue number two right now. So that'll be the next um, 
That'll be the next Kickstarter is number two, which will should happen as soon as people have the first issue in hand. We're going to be putting the second issue out. And and then this summer, um, Unicorn Vampire Hunter is going to go back to Kickstarter and it's going to be a combined issue four and five Kickstarter. Um, and uh, Daryl, who draw Daryl Toe, who draws Unicorn Vampire Hunter, is already hard at work on issue four. And uh, and so that that's cruising right along. And then I have another book um, that's in the pipeline that is not um, ready necessarily to be announced yet. I'm, I'm currently in the process of scouting for an artist for it. Um, but I have another fantasy book that will be coming hopefully next year. Um, but I am, uh, I'm, I'm putting a lot of focus on the, on the vampire detective in space and unicorn vampire hunter. I think that there's a, there's a tendency among writers to want to have all these different IPs and these different stories going at one time. Um, and I definitely feel that temptation and I'm trying to, trying to be a little conservative. I'm trying to get as many issues of these stories out as I can so that people can, you know, read these stories to their conclusion. But, but yeah. So is this going to be the only Kickstarter for vampire detective this year? No, no, no. Um, they in probably April, I'll launch number two. Okay. Wow. So not far off. It's yeah. As like I said, like as soon as I get the Kickstarter money for this one, I am ordering the books and as soon as the books come in, I'm shipping them out to backers. And then as soon as I hear word that the backers have the books, I'm going to launch number two. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I want I want to have, hopefully, if people are excited about the book, they read the book, they like it, I want them to get the chance to get number two. And, and I want them to know that I'm committed to this series. I uh, We're already doing the second issue. I've written the whole four-issue arc, and, and it's definitely... Um, the plan is depending on how things go and, you know, you know, like, um, <laughs> best laid plans and all that, but the plan reality. is reality. Yeah. yeah. If everything goes according to plan and we'll see, I, I would like to come back to Kickstarter again in the fall or the winter after I've done another unicorn vampire hunter Kickstarter and do issue three of vampire detective in space this year. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, Dave, Swartz is working very fast and I'm confident that he'll, that he will, that he'll be ready to do issue three, wow. um, whether or not it works out. It really depends on, you know, uh, there's so many factors, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. paper supply and, and all that. Oh, kind yeah. of oh, but, yeah. but, um, that's the, that's the plan is to, so you unicorn vampire hunter should be done with the first story arc this year. I'm going to launch that this summer. And then this, this story will either be completed or close to completed by the end of this year, vampire detective in space. So, um, so that, that the plan is to pave the way to launch a new story next year, but pie in the sky. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm getting ambitious here. I'm, I'm telling a lot of stories. Um, my feeling is that, you know, people want the next chapter and the, the, the fastest, the faster I can get it to them, the better. Great. Great. Well, I hope uh, even another publisher would pick it up and, and uh, right. be able well, to that's, do that. That's the, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing is that I haven't, I haven't started pitching this new book to any publishers. But, of course, as, as you know, Unicorn Vampire Hunter will be published by Scout Comics. Um, and um, that, that, is, that is, I think maybe last time you and I talked, I wasn't, maybe necessarily officially allowed to talk about it, but now I am. And, uh, and so scout comics at some point, you know, timeline of comic book publishing is, is, is hard to nail down, but I think almost certainly by next year we'll be, they'll be publishing unicorn vampire hunter. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm always open to a publisher coming along and picking up this book, but for now I'm kind of focusing on getting it made and, and, um, you know, so well, a lot of creators get started on something and then the time comes to publish, they don't have all the, the, the chapters ready. And there's this long pause between chapters. And unfortunately, 
we have comic book fame are, are sort of <laughs> we get we get move on to other things if we don't get satisfied on a certain basis, well, that, part basis. That, that's part of the reason why scout probably won't publish unicorn vampire hunter until next year because we wanted to wait i discussed with the the editors there and i we wanted to wait until the whole first story arc was completely done completely ready to go Smart. Um, before we published it so that way even if if there's a pause, it will be between the first story arc and the second and not halfway through a story arc. That's smart. That's the way to do things. Well, you're doing things real smart. And obviously, hopefully by the time this posts, you'll have surpassed your $6,000 goal and we'll be sliding in to Saturday, February 26th at 9.59 a.m. So this is good stuff. I, I always enjoy your storytelling. It's always great fun. For me to do that i've been not with you and been reading your stories and enjoying them ever since the small favor and i have loved every one of them and i i highly encourage people if you can add some of these things to uh vampire detective in space i would say go ahead and dive in and get started on them because there's a lot of good storytelling that i think people would enjoy so all i can say caleb is keep it up you're doing wonderful stuff and i can't wait to see <laughs> number two is vampire detective business has really got me fascinated thank you so much wayne people need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and i can't do that as bruce wayne as a man i'm flesh and blood i can be ignored i can be destroyed but as a symbol get the latest from the comics universe news interviews previews and reviews Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And that's it for this week. Be back next time when we'll have another great interview with another terrific comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics.